Hey, welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about real ministry for the majority. I'm Andy George, and I am joined, as always, with Ken Hester and Jamie Buford. How are both of you doing today? Wonderful. Hey, guys. I'm wonderful, too. Oh, look at that. Wonderful, yes. wonderful. And we want to thank all of our wonderful listeners out there. Oh, Wasn't that a good tie-in? That was a good tie-in. <laughs> well done. But seriously, thank you so much for listening to the One Big Thought Podcast. We really do enjoy putting this together because we feel that it's really helping you. So you can help us by liking, commenting, mm. sharing, Mm-hmm. And giving us five stars, of course. Don't forget to subscribe, and don't forget, <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe. Never that fails. is Ken will catch that I know, one. That one <laughs> thing. You didn't let me finish, Ken. I was going oh, to say, I was totally going to say that. Oh, so man. yes, but thank you to all of our listeners. We do love to hear from you, and we love to see this podcast getting downloaded. And as we said, it's it, we really do. I feel that we talk really real ministry. Yeah. And the reason why it's real ministry for the majority is because this is stuff that we think that most people in ministry mm-hmm. are going to deal with. And it's one literal big thought per episode. Mm-hmm. I like that we do that. Yeah, so last week, guys, we had a conversation around seven things that volunteers should say to their leaders. We said last week that this was going to be a two-part conversation. Two-parter. So, two-part. Yes. Our, first two our first two-parter. Our first two-parter. <laughs> this is special. That's right. So to, that means today's one big thought is, Ken? Seven things leaders should say to volunteers. Yep. So you can't, you can't have volunteers without leaders. Therefore, you can't have leaders without volunteers. So yep. how, do you com- how you communicate with one another is so vital in ministry, and that is the big thought around it is that communication is key, mm-hmm. and how we communicate and how we communicate expectations, um, especially with volunteers, it, it really helps us move the ministry forward faster. It does. And what I like about these seven that we have here that we're going to talk about today is these aren't just your normal, like, hey, thanks for serving. <laughs> right. You know, or thanks for volunteering or, you know, go set this up. These are, I think, not just sayings, but also feelings that we convey, you know, the atmosphere that we try to set as vo- as leaders to volunteers. So I'm going to kick it off with the first one. Let's go. Number one is this is, and I like this one a lot, uh, all the way up until I became senior pastor. And now I, I get this one <laughs> a little bit more, but um, previously <laughs> to be in the senior pastor, I remember this feeling, but here it is. Uh, as a leader to a volunteer, I know I am in charge, but I'm not always in control. So for those of you who are more support staff, you're welcome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think sometimes our volunteers look to us and go, hey, why don't we change all this about the church? Mm-hmm. Or why are we doing it this way? Like everybody's got ideas. Listen, sure. we, mm-hmm. all three of us have collectively been in ministry for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tell me how many times we looked at our church or other churches and thought, ah, I can do that better. Mm-hmm. Or there's a better way to do it. I can fix that. Yeah. And, and we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know the bigger plan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to have a volunteer that wants to, you know, change things or ask, why are we doing this? And I think a, a good leader, just as honest, go, hey, I'm in charge of this area, but I'm not always in control of everything that's outside of this area. Right. It's kind of like the sand in the sandbox idea. Yeah, I like that one a lot, right? The box is the church and the sand inside. That's my playground. Yeah. So I can I can I can build the sandcastle inside of my own ministry area. Doesn't mean I can throw sand into somebody else's area and try to yeah. fix all the other areas. So I think having a, a good conversation as a leader to volunteers, if they ask that, is go, hey, yeah, I'm in charge of this ministry. I did youth ministry for a long time, so I could speak to that. I did, I'm in charge of youth ministry. 
I'm not in charge of, of hospitality. I'm not in charge of facilities. I'm not in charge of overall direction of the church. I yeah. salute it it's a good and one. I honor it, mm-hmm. but I'm not in charge of it and I'm not in control of it. So, mm-hmm. so therefore we got to kind of move through that. So I think it's, I think our volunteers need to have a safe place to express that. Yeah. But they also need to hear from the leader going, I hear you. We can do that here. It might take a little longer outside of here. Yeah. I think too, as, as a leader in that is there's vulnerability, right? So uh, oftentimes when volunteers come to you and they say that there's a problem or we should fix this and you go, I, if you say, I don't know, or we're just, this is the way that we do it. The end. Right. There, as a leader, you have an opportunity to be a, be a vulnerable leader and say, Hey, I think that's a great idea. I'll run it up the chain, yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm not really in control of why mm-hmm. we do it this way. Yep. I'm just in control of that. We do it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so, yeah. And that, and, that, and that builds confidence into the volunteer yeah. to know they didn't, they didn't get just smacked down or said, Oh, pff, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, it, it, you, you hear them and you try to say, okay, that's good. So going into our second point it really is how to encourage volunteers as a leader. I want to be, I want to be able to empower them, let them know that they're doing things well. And the second thing is this, your quickness determines my confidence. So as I can give you something, the quicker that you can get it done, now I'm more confidence in you as a, as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, if you say, oh yeah, I'll get, I'll get that done. Even setting a, a clear expectation for that. Mm-hmm. So if you set a clear expectation as a volunteer and saying, yes, I can get that done tomorrow and you get it done by tomorrow, then my confidence goes up. But if you say I get that done, I can get that done by tomorrow, but then you don't get it done for a week and a half, then my confidence goes down Mm -hmm. in you. So the more that you set a clear expectation as a volunteer, then my confidence goes up in you. So whatever that quickness level is, I don't want you to think that it's a quick, it has to be a quick turnaround every time. Don't Mm -hmm. think of it that way. But think of it as setting a, a clear expectation of whatever that quickness level is. Yeah. Because it could be two days, it could be two hours, it could be two weeks. But as you deliver, based on your um, ability to to share where it is that you're, when it is that you're going to deliver, then that builds my confidence. Yeah. In you. And it's kind of like the saying of under promise and over deliver. Mm. So you, mm-hmm. you don't want to like you want somebody that's not going to be like, oh yeah, I can get that done in one day. And then a week later, you're like, hey, I thought you said you could get that done in yeah. one day. So, right. you know, you're not trying to impress anybody either. Mm-hmm. And so also create an atmosphere where people, so as a leader, it's always refreshing when when you get over delivery. Like, you know, the, the person under promise, they didn't, they didn't blow it up huge. They didn't try to impress you. But then they, they delivered not just on point, but delivered actually excelling at, at it. It's also a very important thing. All right. So that's great. So the third one is this. The third one that leaders should say to volunteers, and I personally love volunteers that I can say this to, is I love it when you make it look easy. I think that's a great one. I don't think we, I don't think anybody wants volunteers that look like they're always exhausted. <laughs> that's true. And, <laughs> and it's stressed. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, I got it done. It, was, it was, yeah. took forever. I could have, it was so hard. Just like, no, I want volunteers that, you're given hard things to do and they're just mm-hmm. making it look so easy. Like the duck that's like floating along on the water, but underneath they're, uh-huh. they're paddling, but yep. you don't see that. You want to see mm. the smooth gliding on the water. Very true. Yeah. We know it's busy. We know it's hard, but it's kind of like biblically, right? When it says like, when you fast, don't like go out like, oh, I'm so hungry. Look at me. I'm fasting. Yeah. It's so terrible. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the same way with volunteers. Like you want high quality volunteers that, 
hear what they need to do, accept it, deliver. And we know that it's a lot of work, but they're just making it look so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because it brings yeah. peace. Mm-hmm. It bring, it's like calm. Like ministries, yeah. ministries riled enough as it is. It's <laughs> ministry in general is stressful. We don't need like extremely high level, like stressful, stressful volunteers. volunteers. Yeah. Yes. Creating and, more stress for you. And here's the thing. If you're stressed as a volunteer, then maybe you're not in the right role. Mm-hmm. That's you good. know, yeah. If you're feeling like a lot of stress as a volunteer, and you're like, "Oh man, I can't get this done. I'm so stressed." Either well, one, maybe you're overpromising and you're I'm stressed, <laughs> yeah. or maybe you're not in your sweet spot, right? You know, because yeah. when you're in your sweet spot, it's just it's like effortlessly. Mm-hmm. You just kind of mm-hmm. you just know you just, you know when a volunteer is in their sweet spot, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel good, and, and you trust mm-hmm. them. As we encourage leaders in this, leaders. Use that as a as a great gauge to say if you're a leader, if your volunteer is overpromising and underdelivering, if they are stressful, then you should also kind of engage them yep. in that way and say, "Is this the right role for you? Yeah. Are you enjoying this? <laughs> can I can we can we find yeah. a, a better fit for you? Yeah. We don't want yeah. greeters at the church that are stressed out because they don't like people. <laughs> exactly. Like you're like ah, like welcome to church. I don't like people. I'm like no, no you, direct eye contact. We're gonna put you. We're gonna put you behind stage. You're you're now you're now the stagehand behind yes. stage. Like nobody sees you back there. So yeah, yeah. love your heart and all that. <laughs> That's right. But uh, we want to make sure you're in the right spot. Yep. Again, as a leader, we want you to be. This is for you to say to your volunteers. This is for mm-hmm. you to engage with your volunteers, to let them know, to set clear expectations, to to create an open way of communication and conversation to make sure you're leading them well and they're responding well to you. So the fourth thing is this, the less credit you need and the more correction you can receive, the more value you add. And I think in the, in, the, in a similar vain is like if you if you've got a volunteer that, that is always like look at me look at me look what mm. i did look at this mm. oh i did all this did you see this make sure you oh, pat yeah. me on the back yeah. for that make sure oh uh, give mm. me a gift for that or make sure that you did the the less credit that you need yeah. as a volunteer mm-hmm. the more value that you add and it, if I, if i don't need to correct you all the time if you're if you know you're like oh look what look what i did mm-hmm. then i have to go back and fix everything that you did as well <laughs> You go, yes, you completed it, but it looks terrible. You know, yeah. you, you set up all the chairs, but they're all in the wrong order or yeah. they're, not, they're facing the wrong direction. I'm not going to thank you for that. I'm not going to appreciate you from that. I'm going to have to correct you in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so the less credit you need, the, the, the more correction that you can receive, then the more value that you add as a volunteer, mm-hmm. not just to me, but to the whole organization as we move things forward. Yeah, and that goes really good into the fifth one, which is don't just carry it out, think it through and make it better. So again, similar, like mm-hmm. we don't you don't want volunteers who need who are like setting up chairs, looking at you like, hey, do you see me setting these chairs up here? And it's kind of the same thing. Is like we want volunteers who really truly adopt the biblical concept that I'm doing this as if I'm doing it for Jesus, not you. Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference. Like we, I don't need people volunteering for me because they're trying to impress me or they want me to see it. Mm-hmm. We want volunteers that are doing it because they're doing it for Jesus. Like, that's the thing. So I say that because what it means to don't just carry it out, but think through and make it better is we don't just want somebody in a position. We want somebody that has a purpose. Mm. Like, there's a reason why I'm serving in kids ministry. Yeah, I feel called to kids ministry, and I love kids, and I love seeing kids get it. And I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for Jesus and these kids, and there's a purpose behind that. So I think that as volunteers go, leaders want volunteers that have purpose. You know, that's just, that's just my calling, my purpose. And when you see people doing that, it's pretty amazing because they will make it better. 
Because mm-hmm. they're the ones yeah. that aren't going to be like status quo. Right. The ones that aren't, aren't in the right place or the ones that are just doing a task, they're never going to want to improve it. That's true. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. bare minimum. That's all I want. I just want to do bare minimum. And that's it. The ones that have a purpose behind it are the ones that, hey, I serve here once a week, once a month. And I've been thinking and praying about the ministry. And wow, what do you, what do you think about this? You know, What do you think about doing this? And, and how can I help make this even better? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of leaders that you know, that you want, those are the kind of volunteers yeah. you want as a leader for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, those are the, those are the things that I think as, it, as each one of these builds on the other one, you're, you're seeing a level of volunteerism that leads to leadership. Mm-hmm. So the more that, the more that they don't just carry things out. And as we go into the sixth thing, it's please prioritize our purpose over your position. You, as you mentioned, you need someone with purpose. Well, the purpose of the organization also connects with you and your purpose. So if if you prioritize your position over the actual purpose, where if, well, if I'm not a leader, then I'm not going to move that forward. If I don't have that title, then I'm not going to do that. But if you're actually moving kids ministry forward because of the purpose of the overall organization, if you're moving the kids, let's say elementary, second grade that you're over because of the purpose of the overall kids ministry and then the overall church as it as it umbrellas underneath that mm-hmm. you're now fulfilling not just God's calling in your life but God's calling and purpose for the whole organization and what you do when you do that is you're guided by purpose you're not threatened by someone else's position mm-hmm. over you you're not threatened by the position that you don't yet carry mm-hmm. but you're just fulfilling the purpose that's already been put inside of you mm-hmm. And it makes me think of, um, it makes me think of the parable of the talents and, you know, the, the guy that buried his talent. It's like, all right, well, he didn't, he didn't see that as purpose. He saw that as, you know, position. Well, you put me in this position and you gave these other guys two and five talents. Mm -hmm. So you put them in a higher position than me. You gave them more responsibility than me. So I'm just going to go and bury this instead the other guys, the, the, I, like the, I like the guy with the two talents because he's in the middle. He's like, well, I didn't get as much as that guy, but I'm still going to multiply. I'm still going mm-hmm. to find my purpose in what you gave me. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, as a leader, if I can encourage volunteers and challenge them, is be, be, um, make sure that your priorities are your purpose not your position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a quote I cannot find. I heard it first from Hill Songs. Maybe you know what it is, but it's similar to this. It's something like the part that I play is not as big as the team I play for. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not the exact quote, but it's something like yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. the, the part that I play is not as big as what I'm a part of. That's it. It's not, that's right. We got to keep that in mind. Like we're part of something bigger. Like our purpose is something bigger. Our position, our position is not as big as the overall thing. And I think that's a good one. All right. So here we go. The seventh and final thing that leaders should be saying to volunteers is responsibility is not a right. It's a reward. And it really comes down to ownership and stewardship. And it comes down to just, it's not, as we just said, like one through one through six, we're all about, you know, being in charge, your confidence, making it look easy, you know, the correctness, carrying it out, prioritizing all those things. But responsibility that we carry as volunteers, it's all about ownership, I guess is what I'll say. I think one of the things that leaders are looking for in volunteers are people that are going to own it and they're going to steward what we've given them well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no matter how big the task is or how small the task is, if we give something to somebody as a leader, right, 
it's not just this, oh, now I, now I have all these rights I can do and now I can do this that, and the other thing. It's about, wow, that responsibility is pretty big and I want to own that with people and, and work together and own the whole calling of it. It's kind of like um, for us here at Crossroads, like membership at our church is not like your typical, you know, like some denominations, membership means you can vote, you know, right. you yeah. can vote on the carpet color, you vote on like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me here, people always often ask, well, if you don't vote, then what's the point of being a member at Crossroads? And my response is always like, well, it's because you, you're saying you're owning this vision with us. That's all. That's what that means. It means yeah. like you're, you're saying, I want to be a part of that and own that together. And it's not just some rights you have. Yeah. It's not just all of a sudden all these things. It's just, you know, you're, you're owning it with us. So what we want as leaders are volunteers that are going to own it together. And, and when you own something, you treat it a whole lot different. It's kind of like when I rent a car. <laughs> yes. I was talking to my For daughter, sure. my daughter's 16. She's like, so can you like buy cars from like rental places? I'm like, you can. I don't think I would. Because I, I know how I drive those cars. Yeah. yeah. But my own car, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't push it quite that hard, you know, yeah. because I own it and I take special care of it versus things that you don't own. You're just kind of like a part of. So that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. And, you know, again, back to, back to that stewardship, ownership, even um, the parable of the talents is that same mentality of like you, the responsibility that you have is given to you. It's not a reward that you earn. It's given to you freely. Mm -hmm. The master gave those talents mm -hmm. and, and God gives us each talents as volunteers, as leaders, as staff, as pastors, whatever. He's given you something that that honestly, none of us deserve. Yeah. But he's given us something that he wants us to steward. Mm -hmm. And there's a responsibility that's connected with that. So don't carry it as a right. Mm -hmm. Carry it as a reward. God has rewarded you with that. Yep. And now I can go and own it. Now I can go and steward it as if it was mine. That's right. Because God has entrusted us with it. Good deal. Well, everybody, that is it for this second part of a two-part podcast. Uh, first part, listen, if you missed it, go back and listen to it. It was seven things volunteers should say to leaders. This one was seven things leaders should say to volunteers. And as always, we're grateful for you listening and look forward to having you next week on our next episode. 